Good morning, I'm Wimala, and today is Thursday. The week's gone by fast. We're having a nice, uh, it's cool and breezy outside. I don't know how much is going to get inside here. So, uh, one or two things. This weekend, on Saturday, is the uh, fundraiser for the temple at the International Dinner. Dinner. Lots of different cultures represented, and it's going to be in the uh, kind of a beautiful sit-down dinner for a small group of people. I think 60 is the maximum in the basement um, where you get to, get to have a delicious assortment of wonderful foods. And there's auctions and raffles. There are auctions and raffles, so a live auction and raffles. And if you're interested in getting raffle tickets, if you're not planning to go or you don't live close, you could uh, you can get raffle tickets and see things online that you might want to get. You can just send in donations. And all the money that they raise at Blue Lotus, this is in Woodstock, uh, all the money that's raised from this new summer event, they started it last year, it was so successful. It is being used to help with the operating cost of the temple in Woodstock. So it stays local, it's a local fundraiser for our uh, Buddhist community here in Woodstock. And of course that community reaches out to people everywhere. So that's that and before we start today we're reading about truthfulness from Sylvia Borstein's book Pay Attention for Goodness Sake and it's about these ten beautiful qualities they're called paramitas uh, the ten perfections they're beautiful qualities that everyone can develop they're, they're not connected to any specific religion but they're about beautiful human qualities that we're capable of working with and developing. And we just finished Patience. And that's a wonderful quality. But I want to sit with you at the end, but I'd like to begin with our intention towards Ukraine that we can practice. You can practice here with me and then at 11, if you think about this, or if you can uh, just silently read it to yourselves, we're still thinking about war-torn, going on every day, Ukraine, and uh, how it's also affecting the rest of the world because of the controversy um, about how it's being handled and what we are doing, trying to prevent a world war what uh, different countries are trying to do to find peace in that country, but it's certainly not happening yet. But this is a daily loving kindness for Ukraine and peace. And here it is, it's a daily intention. Our intention is that peace in the Ukraine be immediately, completely, and permanently restored in the country with no further loss of life and that Ukraine maintain its sovereignty as an independent democratic nation. Um, 
I always kind of pause when I come to the word permanently restored, because nothing is permanent. We know that. Nothing is permanent, so I'd, I'd like to find a better word. We'd like it to be solidly uh, restored, but permanently is probably asking a bit too much. All conditioned things, and so that includes nations and countries and uh, neighboring countries and all of us humans and all all things, all, all things um, are conditioned. So they, their nature is not to be permanent. Might be long, but not permanent. But think about Sri Lanka as well. Their economy is uh, just has fallen apart, so people are suffering there. And there's there's more turmoil. The even the new replacements for the president and prime minister have disturbed people in the country. So it's a very dire situation. And there are so many other countries like that. So please. Open your hearts and open your mind toward the suffering going on in the world and uh, think about ways you can care for people suffering and I think probably it, it causes us to be a lot more grateful for what we do have. But think about, think about those places in the world and send loving kindness. So chapter seven, let's read and then sit. About Hopefully we'll sit for at least 10 minutes. This is chapter seven on truthfulness. And here's a quote from the Buddha. A wise person upon acknowledging the truth becomes like a lake, clear and deep and still. Find friends who love the truth. I really like that one clarity, a clear and deep and still, and advice, find friends who love the truth. So the, we'll start with the be beginning of the chapter where she's going to break down her, uh, her great uh, table that she's created for these. To perfect my truthfulness, I need to be able to tolerate seeing clearly all of who I am and all of what is happening. I need to not feel ashamed or afraid. If I pay attention calmly and steadily, my mind will be unbiased and its secrets will reveal themselves to me in an honest, gentle way. I will not be distressed. The pleasure I'll experience by not hiding from myself will inspire me to create the intimacy of non-judgmental, gentle honesty with everyone. It's a beautiful, that's a beautiful paragraph, isn't it? So here's a truthfulness meditation. Sergeant Joe Friday, so if you're of a certain age, you certainly remember Sergeant Joe Friday. The detective hero of the TV crime drama Dragnet would stop witnesses in mid-sentence if he thought their testimony was opinion. Just the facts, ma'am, he would say. Just give me the facts. 
Sergeant Friday's signature phrase became the culturally understood equivalent of, get to the point, please. What is the heart of this matter? What are you trying to say? What are you hiding from me or from yourself? In this smokescreen of extra embellishment, this is a story. What is the truth? Joe Friday would have made a good mindfulness teacher. <laughs> The Buddha taught that bare attention, impartial, sincere interest, without additional commentary, noticing things just as they are, primes the mind for the liberating insight. There is no one and no thing separate from the continuously unfolding, remarkably lawful, interdependent unfolding of life. I'm going to read that paragraph again. The Buddha taught that bare attention, B-A-R-E, the Buddha taught that bare attention, impartial, sincere interest, without additional commentary, noticing things just as they are, primes the mind for this liberating, <clears throat> excuse me, for this liberating insight. There is no one and no thing separate from the continuously unfolding, remarkably lawful, interdependent unfolding of life. He saw that it was the additional personalized editorializing, why me, why not me, poor me, that continuously creates a me to whom life is happening, a me, a me bound to suffer. In the Foundation of Mindfulness Sermon, the Buddha gives meditation instructions for seeing things truly, just as they are. He advises sitting cross-legged with back erect at the foot of a tree in the forest or in an empty room and establishing oneself in mindfulness. Breathing in, one is aware of breathing in. Breathing out, one is aware of breathing out. Breathing in a long breath, one knows I am breathing in a long breath. Breathing out a long breath, one is aware. I am breathing out a long breath. Breathing in a short breath, one knows I am breathing in a short breath. Breathing out a short breath, one is aware. I am breathing out a short breath. I understand those instructions to mean that if you can see clearly enough to distinguish things by name, you won't be confused by illusion. So here are the Buddha's instructions for radical truth-telling, for seeing things as they are. Sit with your body in a posture that is both dignified and relaxed so that you stay alert and comfortable and let your attention rest in the sensation of your body the sensations of your body. Stay alert, comfortable, and let your attention rest in the sensations of your body. Tell yourself in words what's happening. Tell yourself what's true about your body, about your breath, about your mood, about your thoughts. This is happening, now that is happening. Now this is happening. 
When you practice this truth-telling meditation in a sitting position, you can close your eyes. If you decide to practice it as a walking meditation, you'll of course keep your eyes open. The instructions for naming, for telling yourself what is happening, remains the same. Tell the truth. And remember no stories, just the facts. So then she goes on, talks about uh, truthfulness in uh, connection with uh, wise speech. And talks about the Korean uh, don't know mind. Just to see things as if for the first time, every time. We, we have names for things, so that's our shortcut. Uh, and sometimes we need to drop that and just see things, see things without needing to name them because that kind of wipes out any additional exploration. So then let's get to the end of the chapter and go to her everyday practice with truthfulness. Tell the truth, be yourself, you'll be fine. Everyday truthfulness practice. When I feel loved and loving, I am protected and my speech is protected. I can say what I feel is true. I can teach forthrightly. I can even disagree, confident that I won't do harm. I couldn't deceive or insult people I loved. And if I feel loved, I can't feel ashamed, so I have no need for guile. Being able to tell the truth is a great relief because it doesn't require the prompter in the mind that says, don't say this. What if they disagree? Stop, you'll look foolish. I am free to be myself. My everyday truthfulness practice is keeping goodwill alive in me. My goodwill, everyone's goodwill, is challenged by fear. I see most clearly how feeling even a bit tense begins to compromise my ability to be authentic when I am about to teach people. Feeling even a bit, I want to read this again. This is an important uh, paragraph. My goodwill, everyone's goodwill, is challenged by fear. I see most clearly how feeling even a bit tense begins to compromise my ability to be authentic. When I am about to teach people, I don't know. If I pay attention, I'll hear, I'll hear my mind manufacturing doubting, distancing thoughts. What if I am not good enough? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I'm not, not spiritual enough? And on and on. I'm very good at mushrooming minor wild, this is a great sentence. I'm very good at mushrooming minor mind wobbles into major worries. That's, that's a good t-shirt, I think. I can barely read it. I'm very good at mushrooming minor mind wobbles into major worries. We probably can all agree with that one. If I am paying enough attention, 
I'll think. What's the truth, Sylvia? The truth is all these people came here because they expect to be interested. They came as friends. They already like me. I like what I already know, and I'm not going to get any smarter or any more spiritual in the next two minutes. <laughs> then I look around the room. I smile. I say to the people there, silently so they don't hear me, I love you. I often hear my friend Jonathan's voice saying what I long ago deputized him to say to me in other similar situations. Be yourself. Tell the truth. You'll be fine. So the instruction for everyday truthfulness practice has two parts. First, do whatever you find works for you to counteract anxiety. Then, with natural goodwill firmly in place, tell the truth, be yourself, and you'll be fine. With natural goodwill firmly in place. That's wonderful. So you have to have goodwill towards yourself and towards others. And then tell the truth, be yourself, and you'll be fine. I like that chapter. So we have 10 minutes. So let's, we, we sit a lot with mindfulness doing exactly what she's instructing to work with truthfulness. And that truthfulness can begin, that's one of the ways we can begin to really understand what, uh, what, what mindfulness is by just doing exactly how she describes mindfulness practice. We're just paying attention to what, we, what we're feeling in our bodies uh, without stories and what we're feeling, uh, just, you know, how our bodies feel today. Um, what thoughts are racing through our head? What, what, are we, what are the stories that we're creating from the things that we're experiencing? just in our environment, just coming through our senses in the moment. So then we began to see all of our stories. So when we practice this basic mindfulness practice, it's a perfect way to feel like you're, uh, you're practicing truthfulness. So if you can, if you're sitting, Try to close your eyes. If you're walking, you can, you should, of course, leave them open. And just let your spine feel lifted up, whatever posture you're in. Roll your shoulders back. I think that really can help you feel like you're sitting more erect. And let that spine support your body so you're not tensing up. So now you're Spine is erect, you've rolled your shoulders back. Now relax on an exhale. Just take one or two deep breaths. So you can even exhale through your mouth. 
But now just come back to your normal breath. Be sure the way you're seated is comfortable as well. I, I was on top of a cushion, so it was, it was making me feel kind of wobbly. Realize the straight back and my rolled, shoulders rolled back, I still was feeling unbalanced because of that. So I had to make a quick change. And let yourself relax. Let this practice be calming and still, like that lake at the beginning. That lake of truthfulness where it's clear and calm, still. Now be aware of all that's coming through your sense doors. That includes your thinking because our mind is part of that, uh, those, those senses. And as you breathe in and out, you can use that breath as your focus. Count the breaths, if that helps you stay focused or it helps you see when you become distracted. That's really the point of counting the breaths. When you lose count, then you know without question you've become distracted. Then just start over. Breathing in one, breathing out one. Count like that to yourself up to five and then start over. You can be aware of the qualities of the breath. It's a long breath. That was a short exhale. Just describe the breath by the lengths of the breath, the depth of the breath. You may want to, we didn't start with a body scan, so you may need to kind of shift your posture a little bit to, to feel relaxed and balanced. And just come right back into mindfulness. Be aware of your outer environment and your inner environment. And don't tell stories, just state the facts.
Always come back to your breath. If you get too overwhelmed with trying to be aware of what's, you know, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, what you're feeling on your skin, uh, what's, what's arising in your body, what are the feelings in your body. If that overwhelms you, just come back to the breath and stay with that. Let your focus be on describing the breath. We'll end our practice together. If you can keep sitting, just keep sitting, but we'll end for now. May everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings throughout the universe. We can create a refuge for ourselves and we may be creating a refuge for those around us. Thank you and hope to see you here tomorrow. <laughs>